Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We are continuing with our series on Revelation, and we're starting in chapter 6 today, looking at the start of the seven seals. And actually, this is a summary of the whole of that end times. Just to give you a bit of context, the first part of the book of Revelation, chapters 1 to 5, is an introduction. John describes himself, the vision he saw. He writes to seven real churches, and then he describes heaven and how he got this vision. But starting from chapter 6, he starts to explain there are seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls. And in that, he is describing the whole seven-year tribulation period. Now, if those words are new to you, these are words that are explained throughout the Bible, but especially in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. 500 odd years before Jesus came, Daniel was an amazing man of God and God gave him visions and understanding of the future. But he had to seal up the end times visions and only Jesus in the book of Revelation in Revelation 5 was able to open the seals. And so these seven seals are really an opening of the end times picture that Daniel got. And he got a picture that there would be 483 years until Jesus came. And then there would be a break. And then there would be a final seven year period. Jesus said God is going to limit it to a short time, seven years just out of mercy to the whole of the human race. But there's a final seven-year period of tribulation or trouble, uh, which is going to be awful, but it's the end of time. And the whole of Revelation from chapter 6 to chapter 19 is describing that seven-year period. And then the last three chapters of Revelation are just showing heaven and the final scenes that we're going to have together with the Lord. But this is understandable, friends. I know you may be scared of Revelation. Maybe you've heard talks that make you very worried and fearful and people are saying this is happening and this is part of Revelation. And it's not that hard to understand. Even though they are visions of heaven and spiritual things and they're put in picture language that is quite hard to understand, the, the concepts and the principles are not difficult and they're not new to Revelation. Everything that is said in Revelation had already been said in Daniel, in various other places in the Bible, and especially Matthew 24, Jesus described these seven seals in exactly the same way that Revelation does. So are you ready to get into it? It's Jesus explaining and opening the seven seals. John is watching. He's writing down furiously what he's seeing. It's pictures in heaven, so he's trying to put it in the right language. And we get a, an idea of what that final seven-year period is like. You might say to me, why? Why does God do that? Why does he give us a picture of the final seven years? And the reason is to prepare us so that we get ourselves ready for trouble. And we're ready to get through the hard times. But also when it's happening, could you imagine how encouraging it's going to be for people when they're going through these terrible tribulations to be able to read, God told us in advance it was coming. He knows about it. He's given us the strength to get through it. He's with us. So Revelation 6 verse 1. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. So Jesus is about to open the first of the seven seals. And the seven seals encompass the whole of that tribulation period. There are then seven trumpets. In the seventh seal, 
there are seven trumpets included. And in the trumpets at the end, the seventh seal, the seventh trumpet and the seventh bowl all speak of the very end of time of, of Jesus's judgment and coming back. And so they're all kind of like nested dolls within each other, but there is a sequential element to them. But the seven seals are the main seven things that Daniel saw and sealed up. And we're going to see them today. Verse two. And I looked, this is the first seal. And I looked and behold, a white horse and he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer. So this is the start. The first seal is a rider on a white horse. Now, when you think of a rider in Revelation on a white horse, you may think of Jesus. And this is intentional. The devil tries to imitate Jesus and he's called the Antichrist. And it says he goes out conquering to conquer. In other words, he's a man who wants power. He wants to rule and reign and manipulate things and control the world. And Daniel said that one will come who will form a treaty for seven years. And that's the Antichrist. So Daniel chapter nine agrees with this. But let me just read you what Jesus said in Matthew 24. And as we go through the seven seals in Revelation, I'll show you what Jesus said in Matthew 24 as well. Matthew 24, verse 3. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. So that's the first seal is this rider on a white horse who... Um, comes conquering and to conquer, but he does it in an, an amazing way, in a manipulative way. He, he knows how to get people to follow him. You know, in modern politics, sometimes they have to be antagonistic. Sometimes they have to be manipulative. Sometimes they have to be sickly sweet. They do whatever they need to do to get people to follow them and to love them. And the Antichrist becomes a world leader. And this is the start. Daniel 9 says that when he signs a covenant of peace, for seven years, that's the start of the tribulation. And all these signs then follow that. That Antichrist, we've seen many pictures of people like this, but no one has signed that peace treaty in the Middle East yet uh, that, that encompasses everything that the Bible says. And so I don't think we've started the seven years yet, but it could happen at any time. And we've certainly seen foreshadowings of it. Verse three, the second seal. When he opened the second seal, I heard the living creature saying, come and see another horse, fiery red went out and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. So now we see many, many people dying from war. This is the second seal. And it happens after the Antichrist has signed his treaty and, and come into power. And Jesus said, Continuing Matthew 24 and verse 6. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So these are the start of the process. Uh, but Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. I knew about these things in advance. Don't worry. God's got it under control. You notice that Jesus is the one who decides when to open the seals. And he decides how much to allow. Praise God. He's looking after us. Verse 5, the third seal, famine. When he opened the third seal, I heard the living creature say, Come and see. So I looked and behold a black horse. 
And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine or the wine. What this is speaking of is hyperinflation, of economic struggles, of things being extremely difficult to find and food costing so much. Instead of it costing its normal price, it costs vastly inflated prices and people can't find food and the economy of the world is in turmoil. This is the third seal and we're on our way into the terrible tribulation. And Jesus said in verse 7, And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all the nations for my name's sake. So we're about to go into the difficult, the very difficult time. Seal 4 verse 7. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked and behold a pale horse. And the name who sat on it was death and Hades followed him and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death and by the beasts of the earth. So now we're getting into serious trouble. Jesus said that after the famines and the pestilences, then it starts to get bad. These are the beginning of sorrows. And in Revelation, it speaks of this fourth seal. Uh, where a fourth of the earth, a quarter of the earth's population is killed. Now, friends, we haven't got there yet. There has been no event that has killed a quarter of the earth's population yet. And so we know that we haven't got there yet. And the, the mark of the beast and the abomination that causes desolation, all these things that are predicted in Daniel and in Matthew 24 and in Revelation, they haven't happened yet, and so we're not there yet. But we've seen foreshadowings of these things. We've definitely seen pestilences. We've seen earthquakes. We've seen wars. Uh, and, and these are just the, the rumblings getting ready for that final end period. Um, verse 15 of Matthew, Jesus says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, for then there will be great tribulation, such has not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. So we're suddenly getting into a very difficult period of time. And Jesus said, when the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel. So Daniel in chapter 9 spoke of this Antichrist setting up something in the temple stopping sacrifices and causing himself to be worshipped in the temple. That's the abomination of desolation where he asks to be worshipped in the temple of God in Jerusalem. When you see that, then there is terrible tribulation coming. This seal four and then going into seal five is when we see the terrible tribulation. And this is about halfway through the seven-year period. So let me read seal 5, verse 9 of Revelation 6. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you adjudge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer 
until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. So we now see Christians being killed in large numbers. And most students and experts believe that this is because the mark of the beast comes in and Christians refuse to take the mark of the beast, which we're going to see later in Revelation. And so they are killed in large numbers and martyrs, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are killed for their Christian faith. And seal five is simply showing the martyrs in heaven, protected by God, blessed and loved by God. But they are praying and saying, Lord, Lord, how much longer are you going to let this go? On? And God says there's still a little bit of time going on. And so we see that the, the process goes, the Antichrist comes and makes himself known, becomes a world leader and signs a peace deal in the Middle East. Then there's war, then there's famine and inflation and economic hardship, and then it gets very bad. A quarter of the earth is killed by pestilence and, and war. And Jesus said, uh, this is now the beginning of sorrows and then uh, the abomination of desolation. He sets up himself to be worshipped in the middle of the seven years and then thousands of Christians are killed. And we're now at seal five. Now, I just want to encourage you. If you've been like me and you've read books or you've watched movies, you might think, wow, this is going to be a terrible thing that's going to last forever and ever and it's going to last a long time. But actually, Jesus said he's limiting this time. It's only seven years and only after about three and a half years does it get extremely difficult. Let's read the sixth, the sixth seal, which... Now things start to get really heated up. Verse 12. I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it's shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? Friend, this is the sixth seal. There are only seven seals, but you can tell from this that we are right at the end. This hasn't happened yet. And listen to the description. It's quite extraordinary. Right at the end of the seven years, the sixth seal is open and the, there's a great earthquake. The sun becomes black, the moon like blood, the stars fall to the earth, uh, the sky recedes as a scroll. Every mountain and island is moved out of its place. This is dramatic. This really is dramatic. And we would know if this had happened. And that's why I believe that the seven seals, the seven trumpets and the seven bowls are not entirely sequential because this speaks of things that are right at the end. And we're going to see um, it, when we study the, the trumpets and the bowls, how these all fit together. Matthew 24, Jesus spoke about this. He said, immediately after the tribulation of those days, in other words, when Christians are killed and Jews are persecuted, um, for taking the mark, for not taking the mark of the beast. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds 
of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. That's the rapture. So we see the sixth seal and Jesus speaking in Matthew 24 are, are very similar. They're talking about the end and huge events happening and Jesus calling his church to himself right at, towards the end of the seven years. But now the seventh seal still hasn't happened. Let me read to you. There's a little interlude just before he talks about the seventh seal. And he talks about the Christians who have been caught up and they're in heaven worshiping. And he talks about the Jews who are left on earth. Suddenly 144,000 of them are saved and they become great servants of God and evangelists. And they are used to bring in all of the remaining Jewish people on the earth to be saved. So let's read Revelation 7. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. So he's going to seal some people who are left on earth. And it's the 144,000 Jews who then bring in the whole Jewish nation. And I heard the number of those who were sealed. 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Of the tribe of Judah, 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. So he goes through all the 12 tribes and he seals them, 12,000 from each. And then verse 9. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes? And where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So the rapture has happened and we see that all these people are in heaven worshiping God. They've been taken out of the great tribulation, he tells us, and they are worshiping God. These are the martyrs who died, but also all the others Christians who've been saved. And what's interesting is we're only on seal six. Seal seven hasn't been opened yet, which means after the rapture. And there has been some terrible tribulation up till this point. But there is still more to come. A little bit of tribulation, I would say, towards the very end of the seven years. And God tells us this because there will be some who get saved afterwards after the rapture and the whole Jewish nation are brought in and he wants there to be a record and an encouragement. Have you seen how the chapter in Matthew 24 is so relevant to what we're seeing here? It, it's extraordinary. 
Um, and the fact that it links up with all the different parts of, of the Bible. Uh, Romans 11 tells us all Israel will be saved. God has hardened them for a time, but a time will come, uh, Romans chapter 11. And we see that this is when it starts to happen. We see Jesus rescuing his people, but there is tribulation that they go through. Uh, and it's just so fascinating, all the different parts of this. And then Revelation 8 verse 1. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. So I just want to talk about this overview of Revelation, just to help you understand. What he does is he puts it in the context of Daniel's seven uh, days, or the last week of, of time, the, the seven years of tribulation. He talks about times, time and half a time many times, and he, he's putting it in that context. But then he says there are these seven seals, which Daniel sealed up in, in Daniel chapter 12. But within the seven seals, now we're going to see there's seven trumpets, and there are seven bowls. And all of this is the bulk of the book of Revelation, explaining these last seven years. But the, the sixth and the seventh seal, and the seventh trumpet, and the seventh bowl, all seem to say a similar thing about the very end when there's a massive earthquake, when the kingdom of God comes, when it's the end of all things. And we're going to see that they're slightly overlapping in time. I don't think we are supposed to be able to know exactly on a time day by day basis exactly what will happen, because this is given to us to encourage us, to prepare us, to make us strong and to get us ready so that we realize time might be short. And also, you know, Christians, nowadays in our modern world, most of us in the West and in Europe, in Africa, many parts of America, South America, we are very blessed in that we are not being persecuted yet. But this tells us that a time could come and it could be very soon. It could have already started when the seven years begins and suddenly Christians get persecuted. And I want to check with you and ask you to be strong and to be ready. Are you ready for those days? Are you ready for those times of trial and persecution? Now, Jesus has told us all this so that we can be strong and so that we can be ready. And I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me about this. Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, please would you help us to be ready? In my own life, Lord, would you get me ready for the time of trial? But also, Lord, would you strengthen me and use me to be a light that shines for you? I thank you for this vision of heaven, Lord, and I thank you for revelation, which shows me that even though things are in the future, John saw them as if they were in the present. Please, Lord, would you help me to live as if heaven is a present reality for me? Help me to worship you like they worship in the book of Revelation, Lord, to worship with abandon and enthusiasm and extravagance. Help me, Lord, to get into a church like they did in the first few chapters of Revelation and to be with other people. Help me, Lord, to get my life with you so close and so strong that when the hard times come, I'm so full of you that I'm able to overcome. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, we at Leading Lights exist to help people start churches or even small groups or small meetings wherever they are in the world. I believe that God doesn't just want highly qualified pastors to lead and start churches. You know, in Acts chapter 19, 
Paul the Apostle went to a town called Ephesus and he worked as a tent maker. Every single day he worked and he had handkerchiefs around his forehead and aprons on his clothes while he was working on tents. And the Bible says people took those handkerchiefs and those aprons and laid them on the sick and they recovered. And then it says that every day after working in the tent shop, Paul would speak in a, a rented hall called the Lecture Hall of Tyrannus and he would speak to whoever came to listen. And it says this went on for two and a half years so that everyone in the province of Asia, that's a massive area as big as a country. It says in two and a half years, everyone in that whole region heard the word of the Lord. Paul didn't do it. He was working as a tent maker and he was lecturing in a rented hall. But he was empowering people and saying, you can go and start churches. Even in the city of Ephesus, there were so many converts to Christianity that they had a bonfire where people burnt their magic books. And it said it was worth 50,000 pieces of silver, which is a huge amount, which means there were probably tens of thousands of Christians in Ephesus alone. And the whole province heard the word of the Lord because Paul released people to start small groups, even though they were new Christians. He released them and he was there for them to come and get advice from. We want to be just one of those people in these end days who are helping people to go out and start churches and start groups. If you want to just use our resources on the internet, that's fine. But if you want to start something, we're also here to help you. And we're praying for you. And God can use you in whatever it is he's called you to do. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.